Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Amen. So good. So good. Thank you, Pastor Josh. You never know what you're going to get from him. Some crazy moments. Uh, That's what youth pastors do is make life crazy. Hey, there's some light in here. Yeah. I can see your faces. Yeah. Thanks to Light of the World Electrical, they have done all the work in here. It's amazing, and we're so blessed. So um, with that said, let's just open up our hearts to some special things that I believe God has for us as, as it relates to this series that we're doing called Creed. Creed, not greed. Some people thought I was going to preach on greed, and they said, amen, we need to preach on that. And I'm like, no, that's not where we're going. Um, we're preaching on creed, which is the whole idea of having a, a, a framework of beliefs so that our lives and our hearts can align with God and so that we can be protected from heresy and so that we can live because our beliefs affect our behaviors, right? Amen? And so if we don't believe right, we're not going to behave right. And um, that is, is essential to connection with our faith. And so I want to encourage you, invite people. Invite people to creed. This is a, uh, in a world where everyone's kind of pulling all the belief systems apart. This is the answer to their questions and in, in, in saying, here's why we believe what we believe. Okay, I'm okay with people pulling it apart, honestly. I, I'm okay with people saying, hey, I have questions about this whole belief system. I have this whole questions about what, what is God? What is the Bible? Who is Jesus? What about the Holy Spirit? How do we get saved? What, what, you talk about sin. What's that all about? All that stuff is essential to our belief system, and it's okay for questions. Let's just answer the questions, right? And give the why, not just the what. You know, it's kind of the what is like you know, a parent saying, hey, I want you to take out the trash, and, and your, your kids say, why? Because I said so. That's not fair. It's not good to answer questions like that, especially people that are, are seeking, that are desiring to know truth. And so um, this whole series is about the essential beliefs that we have to make a difference in our lives and hopefully make a difference in our behavior as well. And so uh, I believe that's really important. Also, I want to invite you to the reading plan. If you didn't get an invitation to that, you can go online uh, at our website and even on our app. And we, there's a 65-day reading plan. We're about three or four days into it and uh, maybe five days into it. Invite you to be a part of the reading plan on the Bible app. It's a great reading plan all about the beliefs. The beliefs that we're talking about are part of the reading plan. So you want to get involved in that. And you can comment. You can make comments. All those kinds of things. But we invite you to be a part of that. So remember this. This is one of the things I want you to remember. That if you don't have an I believe for your life, you will have what they believe. If you don't have your own I believe statement, then you will have what they believe. And that's whoever you're hanging out with. Whoever's the influence in your life. If you watch a lot of TV and you listen to the news a lot and you don't have an I believe, you're going to get a what they believe. If you're hanging around people that aren't good for you and, you, you have, and they have no moral compass, they have no direction or sense of purpose in their lives, then you're going to get what they believe if you don't have your own belief. And so it's essential that we have this creed in our life, that we have this creed about what we believe. And so today we're going to focus, last week we focused on the Bible, this week we're going to focus on God, God the Father, God the Father. How, who do you know best? Think in your head, 
who do you know best? Is there somebody that you're like, I'm just so dialed into this person. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a best friend. But you know somebody so well. You're just like dialed in. You get them. I've, I've been married to Karen for 35 years this year. Yeah. Pray for her. Pray for her. She's been married to me 35 years. That's a tough one. And we're still discovering each other. We're still under, trying to understand each other. And if it's 35 years of living together and spending time together and going through life and crisis and all those other things and we still don't fully understand each other, um, man, that's, that says something about what we need and how our relationship with God goes, right? Is it takes time. It takes time to mature in our faith. It takes time to grow in our faith and our understanding of Him. All those kinds of things. How do you know this person? Was it time? Was it marriage? Was it conversations? Was it experiences? Was it observations? All those things are part of how we get to know people, right? How we get to know others. And um, how did you discover what you know? Was it an experience? Was it a, a, a letter they wrote to you saying, this is who I am. You know, this is what I'm about. This is all, uh, how long did it take to get to know the person that well? And, and, and do you know them like you think you know them. That's a powerful reality. Oh, after 35 years, I didn't know that about you. You know, the, the one thing my wife is for sure know about me is food. I'm all about it. And yeah, and she, she, will, ne she will never have to guess whether uh, if, if she wants to, if I want to go out to eat or something like that. I'm like, yes. Where do you want to go? Do you want to go to Mexican food or Mexican food or Mexican food? It's, you know... <clears throat> There's only a few options. She knows me. She knows me pretty well. So our creed statement this week is simply this. I believe God the Father Almighty created me unique for His purposes and therefore is involved in and cares about my daily life. That's the creed statement. Remember at the end of this series, I'm going to give you a handout that has all these creed statements. If you want to capture these, you can take a picture, or you can get it online later um, in, in the message, uh, seeing the message again. But the creed statement is simply this, I believe God the Father Almighty created me unique for His purposes, and therefore is involved in and cares about my daily life. This is the creed statement. It's powerful. It's real. Um, the Apostles' Creed would read like this, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Genesis 1.1 says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now this is really, really powerful. This is the, the, the way the Bible starts. And one of the things we need to understand about God and the Bible is the Bible never makes an effort to prove God's existence. Never makes an effort to prove God's existence. Nor will I. I'm not going to do that. It, it, there's a lot that we could talk about. There's a lot that we could ex try and explain, and we will a little bit, but there's no way to exactly prove God, nor does the Bible feel the, the responsibility to go. Um, it it could have said this. It says, in the beginning, we believe God created. Or in the, in, in the beginning, the theory goes like this. It could have said that. 
But there, it doesn't say that. It says, in the beginning, God. It assumes, it makes a, a tremendous statement that says, God exists, period. End of discussion. Now, that's kind of like saying, take out the trash and don't ask why. Okay, I get that. I get that. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time maybe stretching that thought out a little bit. But at the end of the day, we need to understand that this is not, the Bible doesn't go after the idea that I, the Bible has to prove God exists. Now, if you open up your heart, he will show himself. I believe the Bible is God's revelation of himself to us. I believe that when we read the Bible, he is speaking to us and giving us a sense of who he is and what he's about. And that's what the Bible is all about. I like what one author said, a guy named uh, William Evans. He says, a God capable of proof will be, will be no God at all. A God capable of proof would be no God at all. And I'm, I, I, I agree with that mostly. But I also believe that a God who is God will show up as God. And we could prove that he is God by the change that he makes in our life because he is God. You are proof. If your life is changed because of God, you are proof that God exists, that he changes lives, that he makes a difference, and, and, and all of that is, is, you can't take it away from you. Right? Okay, so that, that's really, really powerful. All right, so here's some facts about God. God is spirit. Okay, there's a thing called anthropomorphisms. I'm going to give you some really like $50 words. Anthropomorphism means that we give God um, human attributes. We say God's hand is on you. That's an anthropomorphism. We're giving you, God a, a, a hand, but he's really a spirit. You know, I, I often say God's fingerprints are all over our lives. That's an anthropomorphism. Okay, that's the way we, we talk about God's uh, um, heart is with us. And we see his heart in this. That's an anthropomorphism. And because he is spirit. He is one big spirit. And uh, the other thing that's a fact about him, he's transcendent. In other words, there's, he's above everything. He's above everything. Everything that is, he's above it. And he's more powerful than anything that's on this earth. He's more powerful than balloons flying through our sky. He's more powerful than all that stuff, right? Amen? We don't have to, we don't have to fear balloons. He's transcendent. He's powerful. He's, he's almighty. God is one. This is a, 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 a doctrine of the Trinity that, that says that God is three persons in one person, in an entity. It's a mystery. I'm not going to try and make a whole lot of sense of the Trinity because as soon as you try to do that, you, you get into places that are unexplainable. And it's not that I want to avoid those things. It's that they, they're mysteries. It's hard to understand. It's not completely explainable. There's a point of faith in believing in God and his, and his triune being. God is sovereign. It means he can simply do what he wants. He can do what he wants. The beautiful thing is he will never do anything contradictory to his character or his attributes. And we don't have time to get into all the attributes of God. That would be another series we could preach down the road. But there's attributes of God. God is loving. God is caring. God is gracious. All these are attributes of God. And uh, they're powerful. And then, etc., etc. 
God is a whole bunch of things that we don't have time to talk about. Now here is why the creed about God is so important. We talked about this last week, that creeds are of value to us because they help us uh, avoid heresy or falsehoods. The Bible is clear that in the, in the end days, there are people, there will be teachers that are preaching heresies and will preach heretical uh, things about God to try and either for personal gain or to, to deceive. And we know that the enemy, the devil, is here to deceive, to, to steal, kill, and destroy, and to be, he is the father of lies, and he, all he does is lie. And so he's going to tell us things that aren't true, like agnosticism. We can't, this, this is kind of like there is a God, but we can't comprehend God. I don't believe that. I, don't, I believe we can have a relationship with God that's personal. And agnosticism would tell you that, yeah, I think there is someone out there, but we can't get him, so I'm just going to leave it alone. Polytheism. It simply means that there's a whole bunch of gods. And that's not true. There's one God. Only one God. Amen? All right. <clears throat> Pantheism is another heresy. It's God is in everything. That chair you're sitting on, you're sitting on God right now. Okay, that's what pantheism is. It, it would, there's something about that chair that has a little bit of God in it. And if you're feeling funny in that chair, it's you. It's not the chair. Okay? Materialism. Materialism believes that everything, everything is matter and everything in the matter matters. And so we over-prioritize material things, and that's why we call it materialism when we get into having things more important than having God in our lives. And deism. Deism is that God created, but then once he created, he stopped and left the world to its own natural self, its own natural way. And this is where miracles come in because miracles are the involvement of God beyond the natural thing. And we believe in that. We believe God is capable of that. We believe that he does those things. We believe that he is a miracle worker. And so deism is, is a heresy. All of these agnosticism, polytheism, pantheism, materialism, deism, there's more isms out there. But all of these are why we need such a clear picture of what we believe and why we believe in one God and the God of the Bible. And so I think if we understand that we need to be protected from that, we also need to pr be protected from this idea. That maybe the most challenging question is, what would the world be like without God? What would the world be like without God? Let's just imagine this for a minute. We would be, all, all of us in this room, would be an accidental result of a goop getting together. You and I are accidents. There was nothing about you and I. If God does not exist, then you and I are just this collection of goo that happened at some point in time in history. Most people think millions and millions of years ago. And then there was this evolutionary process that when this goo came together, that you and I kind of popped out of it. Eventually. Over time. And I'm, 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 I'm amazed. I'm, I'm fascinated by that concept. Only because... Let's just take for a moment the eyeball. 
And you've heard me maybe talk about the eyeball before, but in the back of the eyeball are these things called receptors that are cones and rods, and they receive light. Now, if we are just primordial goo collections, okay, and that happened millions of years ago, can you imagine the evolutionary process that it took for somehow us to ever receive light? How many eyeballs did it, did it go through the transition of before it could actually see? And how did it even know that it needed to see? And then how did it connect to the brain so that it could translate the light into something, images, that we see today? And then it took millions of years for man to come up with a camera to see light and to record that light. You guys, it is just insanity... And I know this is not a popular thought, and it, it, it's, it's live, and, and we're connected, and all this kind of stuff. But I believe that to believe in that, in the, in, in the fact that we're just a process of evolution, takes more faith than it does to believe in a creator. So if God doesn't exist, we're all just accidents. We would have no reason to believe that there will ever be accountability for the life that you and I live. If God doesn't exist, then accountability is meaningless. Do what you want. Be what you want. Believe what you want. Create what you want. Hurt who you want. Serve yourself. Do everything because if there's no God, there's no accountability for the life that we live. We would have no reason to live for anything other than the now if God does not exist. We don't need to worry about the next generation. They'll take care of themselves. After all, they're only a process of evolution. They're going to devolve or evolve. Who knows what they're going to do? Pretty soon, you and I are going to you know, go away, but something in evolution has to continue on, right? And so we're, we're, we're supposed to be improving which completely contradicts the second law of thermodynamics that says if anything left to itself, it de declines, it gets worse. How does that happen in science when things evolve and get better? Love, forgiveness, grace, and mercy are non-existence. Those, those expressions, love, forgiveness, grace, and mercy are non-existence because there is no moral compass to drive those emotions or expressions. I love you, but I'll only love you the way I want to love you. If God does not exist, these things are meaningless. There's no such thing as love. There's no such thing as grace. There's no such thing as mercy because there's nothing to forgive. And there's no reason to love unless you love me. So pay me up and then I'll pay you back. Don't pay me, I'm going to treat you like dirt like the primordial goo that you think that the world thinks you are. Living with meaning, purpose, and value doesn't exist because there is no meaning to life. It's just what means now. If God doesn't exist, we must accept the fact that we are simply genetic mutations. Look around and say, hello, mutant. Because if God doesn't exist and evolution is real and we weren't created with a purpose, then the, the truth is there is no 
value to our lives. And I don't believe any of that. I believe God does exist. And I believe that you and I were uniquely created for a purpose and a reason with a power. And there's something valuable to be embraced there. So why do we believe in God? I'm going to give you two specific reasons. There's plenty of other reasons, but I'm going to give you two that I think should drive our thinking. Number one is because existence cannot be explained in any other way than by a creator. I don't think that there is any... The primary reason for believing in God is because I don't believe that existence can be explained in any other way than by a creator. The unexplainable only leaves room for God. Okay? Do you, get, do you understand that? The things I can't explain, I must have a faith in a creator because that's the only way I can get to, to some kind of solid ground. There has to be a creator. You and I are not mistakes. You and I are not goo. You and I are not unintended. God had a plan. The Bible says that he has a plan. He, that he knew us even before we were born. There's all kinds of beautiful meaning and power in that because God does exist. Romans 1.18 says this, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. What? God has made it plain to them that He exists. That, that he, he is real. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities... His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. It's a really, really powerful passage of Scripture that simply says this, that there is nothing more needed than if we would pay a, a close attention to the, the design of this world and the beauty of this world, and the majesty of this world, there is nothing that can explain the existence of this world other than God. Amen. What the theories are, and the things that, are, that leave God out, are attempts to explain things that can only explain God. Evolution is simply an explanation to avoid the conversation about having faith in God. And if we will embrace that and understand that, we will understand that the design of this world, the beauty of this world, is, is incredible. I encourage you to read a book by a, a guy named Lee Strobel. He wrote a, a book called The Case for Creation. Excellent book. It talks about so many of the details of creation and the uniqueness of our um, our world and our galaxy and our, the, the majesty of the galaxy. One of the most powerful realities of that is simply this, is that if, for instance, he makes a point in, if there was a, uh, just a one, I think he said a one um, pound difference in the gravitational pull in our world, you and I would be shorter and all the spiders would be crushed. Because the pressure of gravity, the things that keep us from floating up into the air, the pressure of gravity being increased would increase the pressure on spiders and they would die. 
you and I would not be able to grow as tall because just growth alone defies the little bit of gravity that we push against as we go up. I'm 5'9". I would probably be 5'8 and a half. Everything that's created is dependent upon the Creator. That's the beauty of this passage. If we would just take an, a moment and look at the flowers, one of the things that, that uh, was convincing to me, and I, I always get these two uh, mixed up, and um, the, the chemical that makes leaves green, chlorophyll. There is a system that those leaves will never turn green without the sun. And, and there's a, a system that is created in that that is just so delicate and so incredibly powerful that there's no way that could happen by accident. And, and what I love is that God looked down and, and when he created everything, he was like, I'm going to make this like this. And I'm going to put this little thing on the top of this fish that makes this fish look really weird. And I'm going to make every human being look a little bit different so that no one can say there's only one kind of human being. But everybody's special and different. Some more different than others. What I believe creation reveals is that Creation reveals that God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. There's three omnis that are really, really uh, cool to experience. Omnipotent means he's all-powerful. Omniscience means he's all-knowing. And omnipresent means he's everywhere. If we look at creation, he's everywhere. He's all three omnis. And, and here's what I believe about the omnis. If you believe in the omnis, that's all you need to believe in. He's all-powerful, he's ever-present, and he's all-knowing. If I trust in a God like that, then I have a God that's got it all, right? And there's so much more we can understand about the omnis of God and the character and nature of God. But the, the bottom line is we can trust in the all-powerful nature of God. If we'll just take a look in the plants, in the trees, in the humanity that we are in our biological makeup all those things are incredible incredible evidences of the omnipresence omnipotence and omniscience of God Psalm 19:1 says this the heavens declare the glory of God the skies proclaim the work of his hands it's amazing what is the unexplainable i think there are things that we have to put our faith in how did he do it how did he create it all we don't know I mean, it says he kind of collected the dust, but where did it all start? How did it all get there? I don't know. And this is where science has to go, I don't know either, so let's make something up. Let's blow up the universe and call it the Big Bang, which ended up being a great comedy TV show to some respects. The unexplainable is how we live and think and feel and have a conscience. Where did that come from? If you think about it, the, the biological nature of feeling, emotion, thinking, having a conscience, where is that? I'll share it with you in just a moment. What gives us a sense of meaning, value, and conviction has to come from understanding that there's someone who designed me to have a meaning. 
a value and conviction in my heart about who I am and what I am. I love the statements God created. God said, let there be. And he formed. He set in place. God formed the earth. Genesis 2-7 says, Then the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. The breath of life. That's the difference. You and I have feeling, emotion, a soul, something bigger than the animals of this planet, something bigger than the, the trees and the flowers. You and I have life that's been breathed into our souls. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And there's only one way that could happen. God. So we believe that God is the creator of the universe. There's no other way to explain our value, our meaning, our purpose, our existence, the existence of the world. There's no other way than through God. And secondly, the reason I believe we should believe in God is because he reveals himself as a father. Now, before we get too far into this conversation, I want to make clear that I understand there's father issues in the room. That, like me, maybe you have had a not-so-good father or a challenging father. I think there were good sides to my dad and there were tough sides to my dad. Ultimately, I'm just so glad he knew Jesus and he's in heaven today. I'm going to see my perfect dad someday. Fully made new, fully wrapped up in the righteousness of Christ. I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. But maybe there's father issues. So when you think of father, I, I need you to like toss out the, the physical dad that you're familiar with that you may not connect with in, in the sense of love. But 1 John 3 says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Let's start with that, that the Father loves us so much that he would embrace us as his children. We're not objects that he just tosses around and uses throughout life. We're his children. The Old Testament talks about the, the father in Exodus 4. He says, that, then, then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son, and I told you, let my son go so he may, so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go, so I will kill your firstborn son. Now there's some ugliness in that passage, but the reality is, is that God has always seen us as his children, the people. And in this case, the Israelites were his, his children. He's a father. He's one who's going to protect his kids. In Deuteronomy 32, 5 through 6, it says, They are corrupt and not his children. To, the, to their shame, they are a warped and crooked generation. These are people that weren't following God. Is this the way you repay the Lord, you foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father, your creator? He's talking to the Israelites. And he says, is he not your father, your creator, who made you and formed you? Why are you pushing against the creator? Why are you pushing against the father that has made you, that has given you value and purpose? Why are you not following him? He defines himself in the Old Testament as father. The New Testament, just like we just read in Matthew chapter 6, we read in the, in the Lord's Prayer that this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father, he is a father to us, and I believe that that's why we should have a complete trust in God. Because he's our dad. He's, he's the real dad. He's the true dad. He's the one that protects. He's the one that provides. He's the one that teaches. He's the one that truly and honestly loves us enough to discipline us. He's the one that, that, will, <clears throat> that has made every provision for our salvation and is the one who made a way for you and I to spend eternity with him. Even when the relationship was broken, He's a compassionate father. Psalm 68 says this, sing to God, sing in praise to of sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds, rejoice before him. His name is the Lord, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. That's the father that we serve. He's a father to the fatherless. He's a loving father. In Hebrews 12, it says this, and you have completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a, as a father addresses his son. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. The father genuinely loves us so much that he won't leave us in our state of confusion or our state of sin. He loves us so much that he'll discipline us. That word discipline simply means to redirect us to the right place, to the right direction, to the, to the right kind of life instead of to the ones that we lead ourselves to, right? To the damaging, self-centered, self-assuming uh, life that, that we want to live. God loves us as a father. The last image I want to give you is the, the, the prodigal son father. The father who recognizes when his children want to go astray. And he's generous enough to let us do that. He's, gener he's willing to let us go and, and do our own thing. But what does he do? He keeps an eye out down the road for that day when we come to our senses. That's, that's the father that we love. And that we serve. That's the Father that is anticipating. If you're here today and you're coming back to faith, He already looked down that road and He's already arms wide open saying, Come on in! Because He's a Father. And He doesn't want any of His kids outside of the fold. He doesn't want His kids eating the pig slop that the prodigal son experienced. He wants to embrace you and love you and care for you. Why? Because He's the Father of all people. He's your father. He's my father. And all we have to do is come to our senses and say, God, I want to come back to you. And he's waiting for you. Do you believe in God the Father and Creator? Two things that I believe are the wise, the genuine wise, why we should believe in God. There's lots of things we can learn about God, but the why we should believe in God is because he is our creator. There's no other way to explain our existence than to understand that he exists, and when he exists, he created you and me uniquely and for a purpose. Our creed statement says, I believe God the Father Almighty created me unique for his purposes and therefore is involved in and cares about my daily life. The Apostles' Creed says, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. If you, we don't have an I believe, 
in God, the world will be happy to provide you with a God. They'll be happy to provide you with a belief system that is con completely contradictory, that has as, as much, if not more, mystery in it than to know that we have a creator. Can't explain it all. If, if he was explainable and attainable, then he wouldn't be God. If he was a God that could, we could understand everything about, he wouldn't be God. He's bigger than us. He's smarter than us. He's more amazing than us. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. So much so that he did everything he could to give you and I the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Next week, we'll talk about Jesus. Why should we believe in Jesus? I'm excited about that message. I believe God's going to do some great things. <clears throat> do you believe in God, the Father and Creator? Do you have faith? And if you don't, and you're on a journey today, that's why we're named who we're named. To help you go through the journey of discovering who God is. Discovering who Jesus is. Discovering the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And all the things that come along with the faith and relationship with Jesus. Today, I want you to know that you can say this. I love knowing that I am created on purpose. I love knowing that I am loved by a perfect father. I love knowing that I am not an accident of, of primordial DNA. But I am an, an, a created being intended for a purpose. And I love knowing that God is not an absentee father but is intricately and intimately involved in my life. And I hope that's your belief today. Let's pray. Father, I believe today that it, <clears throat> you are here. You exist. You are omnipresent, which says you are everywhere at all times. There, space is not an issue with you. You're not crowded. You're not claustrophobic. You're here. And we thank you and praise you for that. And we believe that you are omnipresent, uh, omniscient, and that you know everything. And that our lives are open books to you. There's nothing that's hidden from you. We believe that you are uh, omniscient, or om omnipotent and all-powerful, and that you have the ability to do whatever you choose. That you can make a difference in our lives. And God, I believe that right now there are people in this room that need your love and grace poured into them. Maybe some that have been challenged by this world of thinking of evolution or some scientific explanation for no existence of God. But Lord, we believe that you do exist. And I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would just move right now in the hearts and lives of each individual. Help us walk out of here with a creedal statement that believes that you exist. The God, the Father, has uniquely designed me has created us, all of us, for a purpose and a cause. And Lord, you are going to continue to work in us and do great things through us and in us. And I thank you and I praise you for that. I pray your blessing on those that have doubts, Lord, that you just open their hearts and answer their questions. Lord, I respect anyone who's deconstructing so that they can reconstruct. And I pray that you help them to reconstruct their faith and Reveal yourself to them in the name of Jesus, I pray. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you want one. Today's the day where you're ready to, 
step across that line and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you were raised from the dead and I'm committed to follow you for the rest of my life. If you're here today and that's you, maybe you're online and you're just clicking through and you just, you're kind of scrolling through pages but you fell onto this one, no accident. The designer and the creator and the Holy Father has designed a moment for you to accept his son as your savior. Will you just pray this simple prayer? Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I accept that you died on a cross for my sins and that your sacrifice has made me completely whole. All my sins are forgiven. I accept that forgiveness today. And Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead. And because of that, you promised me eternal life and I will spend forever with you. And I'm committed to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.